1: And I'm Emily, a writer and editor. We are just two type 1 diabetic ladies trying to live our best lives. It's not always easy with the literal highs and lows. But it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to.
0: Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals, Emily here and Miriam and welcome back to, uh, to us. Welcome back to us, <laughs> SOS. <laughs> this week's episode, we wanted to kind of take a look back slash dedicated to all the newly diagnosed. So, mm-hmm. um... New diabetic who dis? I don't know. Um, just a running title yeah. at the moment, but we're, we're rolling with it. We're rolling with it. Um, so shout out to all of our fellow diabetics who've had it for a minute, mm-hmm. like Miriam, and shout out to those who are new to the club. Um, you made it. LOL <laughs> might not be as happy as as you could be right now, but we wanted to talk about the resources beyond just the mental health aspect. We will be touching on that as well. But talk about what it's like to be diagnosed, mm-hmm. and also you know. What what we wish we'd known. And if you're someone who's had it for a very long time, maybe you'll find yourself nodding your head to this. Let us know if you agree type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be therapeutic in that way, but if you're new to it, buckle up. It's a ride. <laughs> no,
1: no. In all seriousness, it's like a club you never wanted to be invited to, but now that you're here, <laughs> now welcome. that you've rushed. There are a lot of resources. There's a lot of support here. I think um, if you found us, it probably means you've done some Googling. And just don't be too overwhelmed by, like, everything that's out there. You don't need to absorb everything all at once and join a million listservs and join and follow a million Instagrams. Just take things at your own pace. But I'll kind of let Emily um, touch on why we thought this could be a good topic for this week because um, you
0: haven't a friend. And a yeah. Take so, it away. Thanks, Miriam. She knows I love to talk. <laughs> uh, so a friend of a friend, she shan't be named, uh, reached out, uh, you know, for privacy reasons, but <laughs> reached out and... Uh, you know, she's in her twenties, lives in New York and was recently diagnosed and she's in her mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, this came as quite a shock to her as it does to most of us who have been diagnosed with type one, but she was telling me a little bit about, um, literally she texts, she got my number from a friend and texted me, mm-hmm. uh, or my number was given to her by a friend. And she texted me, I like within four days of her diagnosis, mm-hmm. she had been looking looking right. people up online and she saw pancreas pals and, um, she's, we had a mutual like mm-hmm. that. You saw me, or one of my friends followed her, and that's how we connected. Mm-hmm. But um, anyone who knows me knows I'm a little bit all over the place with all of my activities. So, in between me getting back to her um, about different things, which obviously I responded right away, I was like, Dude, I know how you feel, it'll be fine, everything's fine, rocks back and forth. Um, she had her first doctor's appointment. With, um, you know, her first specialist with endocrinologist. If I'm butchering this, uh, you know who you are if you're listening. I sincerely apologize. Just bear with me. But so she has this appointment and she texts me and she's like, so I'm... Feeling pretty deflated right now. I just had the most bizarre appointment with my doctor. He didn't let me ask any questions. He sat there typing up notes for our entire appointment and he didn't fill a a prescription for me for insulin. Like, all I have is the little bit of insulin they gave me at the hospital. And I'm like, hold up. I know. It breaks my heart. It's terrifying. So, not just that, it ended up being more. She, like, asked if he was, apparently, he was pretty flippant with her. And every time she asked, like, she, her questions fell on on, uh, deaf ears Mm -hmm. and she was left with, obviously, the same amount of questions as she started, if not more, Mm -hmm. and a feeling of a lack of resources and a lack of, you know, accessible information. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's listening who has a similar experience, you know how scary that must have been, but for those who had a slide into diabetes with a lot of education going into it, mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine being told to like, you know, here you almost you, you almost died, you were in the hospital for days, whatever, you had to go back with your parents and mm-hmm. chill until you recovered and could go back to work, and you know, like, here's a medical professional completely ignoring you. So, She was luckily able to get another appointment with a different one, um, a a nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. She's all she could get in to see, which they're great. Shout out to Mm -hmm. all nurse practitioners, and she's, you know, on the up and up. But it was such a disturbing text to receive. I mean, yes, I've been there on some level as... I'm sure all of us can relate at some point having a doctor not listen to us about one thing or another. Mm-hmm. But I texted Miriam when she texted me this because I was like, "Dude, what the hell? Doesn't this make your blood boil?" And Miriam was like, "It just does." Yeah, <laughs> Miriam was. That was her answer. She was like, "It does." Yes, Emily, it does make it my blood boil. Make blood boil.
1: I mean, on one hand, I mean, I, I, I can't relate or I, can't, I haven't experienced this particular thing myself because when I was diagnosed when I was six. It was 1996. Um, Things were different then. And I think, I don't know what the protocol is now, but I was hospitalized for like four days. Like they keep you in the hospital until you and your parents know what's happening. So that was my introduction into all of this was full blown, like hospitalization, 24-7 education, um, granted, I wasn't learning much. I was six, but they were very focused on making sure we knew what we were doing and what we were getting into. So it just breaks my heart that I hope this isn't every new di- diagnoses experience, if that's the pr- correct grammar. Um, but I hope this isn't the experience everyone's having. But I have a feeling it's probably ha- happening more often than we'd like like it
0: to. And We'd like it to never
1: happen. <laughs> we'd like it to never happen. And it just, I mean... My thought is she was hospitalized. The medical residents in the emergency room are probably like, oh, like I found this endocrinologist in our hospital system. Go to them. Right. And from what we've kind of experienced is that not all endocrinologists are equal. And not all know about diabetes. Which is like horrifying to think about. But unless they actively choose to focus on type 1 diabetes or educate themselves on type 1 diabetes, they're going to have this very basic Level, um, I think they're much more, they can, they can be experts on thyroids and all other right. hormones and growth issues and type 2 diabetes, but type 1 is a different ballgame. So I think, I guess that's tip number one when yes. you're newly diagnosed and if you've gotten to this point, if you are not satisfied with your doctor, start doing some research. Type in type 1 diabetes specialist, whatever city you're in, you yeah. kind of see what happens. And I would start
0: there. Um... There are a ton of great websites that, uh, you know, the ones we always plug, Mm -hmm. like Beyond Type 1, JDRF, Mm -hmm. the American Diabetes Association, um, even your health insurance, Mm -hmm. depending on who your coverage is, or if you're still on your parents' coverage, Mm -hmm. you can get in touch with a liaison or just go on their website and Mm -hmm. search people and then look up those people. We live in the internet age and there's no excuse for someone to you know treat someone that way whether yeah okay here's the thing I truly would love to do a an anthropological and geographical study based on newly diagnosed patients with certain specialized diseases and where they're located in the U.S. because I'm pretty sure different states have different protocols for different things Mm -hmm. and you were diagnosed in Atlanta yes and I was diagnosed in Jacksonville Mm -hmm. um Improperly, Properly, I was diagnosed in New York. So for me, I was diagnosed, and I you know, go back to season one, episode one, to listen to my diagnosis story in mm-hmm. season one, episode two for Miriam's. But for my Jacksonville one, clearly that doctor had no idea what type one really yeah. was. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been misdiagnosed for a year. But for my New York one, I got into Naomi Barry, which mm-hmm. is extremely specialized with type one and amazing. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. All the anger that you're feeling right now, to all those who are newly diagnosed, mm-hmm. or those who are still, you know, grappling with different aspects of diabetes, which I'm pretty sure I'll be grappling with throughout my entire life, at mm-hmm. different times, which is completely healthy and fine, um, says I. But <laughs> and I, yeah, and I, I actually applaud
1: your use of the word "grapple." I think that's a it's a good it's used in the perfect way because that's what we are—we're grappling with these things. You're never going to reach this. I say this all the time, but you're never going to reach this self. Actualized place with diabetes, where it's right. like I have it figured out. I've accepted everything. It's wonderful. It's a gro- It's a relationship. It, it depends it's, you on your. Yeah, married to your diabetes, and maybe it was an arranged marriage. You did not ask for it necessarily, <laughs> but you are now married to it. And these are things you're going to have to. You're you're going to have highs and lows with it. No pun intended. Oh well. And you have to roll with it. And I think the grapple is like the perfect word. I'm.
0: I'm into that that verbiage. I would like um, to thank my SAT prep in <laughs> high school for giving me my um, expansive vocabulary that would probably get me beat up in school if I was still using these words, TBT. But I do think that it depends on your location and where you are in your life and what insurance you have at your fingertips. And yeah. as messed up as that is, being diagnosed in the States is not mm-hmm. going to be the same as being diagnosed in Canada oh, sure. as yeah. being anywhere else. So. Just know that there's a community out there for you fighting, and um, that aside, there are all these great outlets and resources online. So let's delve a little bit deeper into the different types of resources.
1: So, and again, this is just us two type 1 Dinobank ladies trying to live our best (laughs) lives. But again, we are not experts by any means on these resources, these are just the experiences we've had with these resources and, and agencies and organizations and our interpretation of what they offer. Um, we do not, we're not affiliated necessarily with anyone. Um, we're like so that, extremely not affiliated. Extremely <laughs> not affiliated, and so these are literally, I'm just saying my interpretation of text. what I turn to each resource for. So I think something I would do, because it's my personality, is when I, with diagnosis, get engaged in a community. And I think depending on where you are, the easiest, I mean, one, you're, you're <laughs> likely already engaged in the social media community if you have found this podcast, but in-person communities, I think JDRF does a really nice job of, of fostering that, um, New York city and a lot of other big cities have young leadership committees. Um, which are volunteer committees where you can meet other young people like you, either with Type 1 or know someone with Type 1 who are just trying to get involved. That was Miriam and my cute. That's how we met, exactly. <laughs> and every JDRF chapter around the country has someone whose title is something like outreach manager or outreach coordinator, something along those lines, but their job is literally to outreach and to connect with newly diagnosed families or individuals to try to get you connected. Um so I think JDRF 1 it was like the first um type 1 specific organization in existence. It is absolutely the only one when I was diagnosed that only focused on type 1 diabetes. So they know their stuff. Um obviously their primary goal is fundraising and raising money for research and treatment and cures, but they They've started to increase their engagement and outreach type stuff and community building. So I think that's a good resource to resource to look <laughs> into their find the outreach person who works at your chapter and and send an email or call them and kind of see. You can honestly just call and say I just was diagnosed a week ago now what? And I guarantee you they'll have some sort of plan or something they'll try to get you connected with.
0: Which is so comforting to yeah. be able to have that, that even as a mm-hmm. first step and even beyond mm-hmm. JDRF yeah. brings us to our next one um, pun intended Beyond Type <laughs> nice 1 oh, Thank you, mm-hmm. I tried really hard. Um, beyond Type 1 and that is also a an organization that is specific to Type 1. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more of a community and and, um, education resource. Mm-hmm. They're not as much as fundraising. And when we say fundraising, we mean money going towards new scientific research mm-hmm. and going towards finding a cure, hopefully one day, fingers crossed, um, for JDRF. Mm-hmm. Whereas for Beyond Type 1, it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, any listeners, feel free to uh, send me w 2 like, W2H, you're wrong, message. Mm-hmm. I'll try not to cry. Basically, it's for education and <laughs> DKA awareness, mm-hmm. um, along with a whole bunch of other really great Great initiatives and they're huge on instagram have an amazing following and they have some really dope dope ambassadors
1: dia celebrities
0: uh, dia influencers if you would nick jonas he helped started it what up Victor Nick I love garber him. he's so dope
1: i love him well i fell in love with him on the show alias yes He's great.
0: I actually never watched it, but it felt like the proper response.
1: <laughs> <laughs> great show, <laughs> showing my age. Oh my god, um,
0: you are effervescent yourself. But so yeah, young.
1: Beyond Type One is is a newer organization. Um, at least it feels new. I think it's been around probably it's it's been at least around five around for a years minute. now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they do. They're very active on on Instagram and and social media in general. Um, Initially they didn't have as many in person events. It felt like it was very online computers, but nowadays it does feel like they're doing a lot of meetups. meet-ups a lot of events and activities and that's a good um, a good way to meet people. I, I don't I wouldn't know actually how to like I think you can also send them
0: an email or like go onto their website DM them. Slide into DMs, yeah. you know the drill, advocate for, advocate. Your, You've advocate got to for reach yourself. Out. And I think
1: what what's coming to my mind right now is I'm imagining if I just was diagnosed a week ago is there this is so new and I hope it can be of some comfort to you to know this is very new to you but it is not new people have been managing this people have been dealing with this for a very 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 long time forever um and so I hope it's comforting to be able to see these communities and see these people that like okay They seem pretty normal, and they seem like they've got it together, and they seem like they know how to live their life, because at the end of the day, we have the same... Struggles. Struggles. Like, I'm still... Tired on a Monday. My commute was annoying, and this person sent an obnoxious email. Like, life still happens. You just happen to have diabetes on on the back burner. Um, So that's what these communities are for, to kind of show you that, like, we are here. People can are here for you but this isn't like a brand new thing you have to figure out on your own like people have figured out the hard parts for you you just have to adapt it to your life now
0: I literally always think about how you know, like during my two-hour warm-up with my Dexcom, mm-hmm. I become an anxious—I wouldn't say an anxious wreck. It depends on how my sugars have been and where I left off, and you know, yeah. insulin on board, and different compounding so factors. So, like, but I'm so on edge, and if mm-hmm. God forbid, not going to let anything happen to my Dexcom, I truly think I'd have a panic attack. But then I think about it, and I did not have the Dexcom mm-hmm. for the first six months of no. my diagnosis, which I know is not a long time. I know mm-hmm. everyone's listening, and being like, but "I had it for thirty years before it was even out," which right? is like, it's fine. like ignorance is bliss right and but it, now i'm like truly hashtag blessed that i have yeah. these things and i think it's also important to take a step back and think hey at least i was diagnosed in 2019 yeah or 2018 or 2017 whenever you were diagnosed in the last however many mm-hmm. years to be considered newly diagnosed it's a pretty badass time to be yeah. diagnosed like things
1: are things are getting shaken up technology wise and while You know, I don't know what you were told, Emily, when I was diagnosed back in, again, 1996, I was told a cure would be likely in the next five to ten years. I'm still being told that. (laughs) Obviously, that did not happen, so I'm not going to be the one to say, like, really, in five to ten years, I think we'll have a cure. Because I don't know if we'll have a cure necessarily, but I can guarantee you, and I feel very confident saying this, that technology is going to become so incredible that it'll be pretty darn close to a cure I I don't know how extreme I want to make this statement but I think technology in the next five to ten years definitely in the next like 20 to 30 years is going to be is going to change our lives and I know that sounds like a long time but
0: I mean that flies you know yeah think about it when you're like running your pancreas. Yeah, and when you have pals to turn to. Oh my God. We'll stop being a walking (laughs) tagline, except we won't. Um, It kind of brings me to our next one because I'm going to plug a past episode for it because, you know, all I've been doing is plugging things. Mm -hmm. Um, It is the American Diabetes Association. Yes, And they have a whole type 1 tab and mm-hmm. I'm plugging our season 3 episode 4 with Basma Adams. Uh, she's an advocate for the ADA. Um, that's DIAs and diabetes. Um, but definitely check out american diabetes association they are more than just a wealth of knowledge for type one they Mm -hmm. have a ton of info on type two um they have a bunch of recipes food and fitness Mm -hmm. living with the disease it's more about actual day-to-day stuff for american diabetes association and then the greater picture of diabetes because it's all encompassing and yes Mm -hmm. it might piss you off like it pisses me off when people assume i have type Mm two just because they don't know type one exists or that what it is but unfortunately they both take place take place in your pancreas which is really hard to say Mm -hmm. and are somewhat I'm I'm not going to say they're associated because to me they're completely different diseases and I just can't say it but they are both named diabetes exactly
1: (laughs) and so it's, it's good just for your education so you feel like you can identify the differences so you can advocate for yourself when when needed um yeah i think it's just good to peruse it's it's a very education focused and they also happen to have a mental health directory so again i it's i i can't speak to the directory i don't know how it's vetted but all that's really required um if if you are a therapist who feels like you are well versed in diabetes you can kind of add yourself to this this directory so it might be helpful if you if you're interested in mental health counselor or a therapist or psychologist whatever it may be that has some familiarity with it um that's a resource for you i don't think this is by any means necessary you could absolutely see a therapist who does not know about diabetes i do and i've it's i still enjoy it it's great (laughs) um but you know it's somewhere to start if that's something you're interested in
0: we interrupt this episode for a word from our sponsors Real Good Foods. Real Good Foods has all the tasty low carb snacks and meals you need to feel guilt free this summer. From my favorite, their tasty enchiladas, to their poppers and cauliflower crust pizza, there's something for everyone. Check them out at Walmart or online at realgoodfoods.com and follow them at Real Good Foods on Instagram. Use code PANKGRACEPOUST for 15% off your order. Now back to the episode. Um, we've talked about JDRF, we've
1: talked about Beyonce One. I think other great resources are, again, social media and instagram this is something i definitely didn't have when i was diagnosed and wouldn't have i hope because i was six i hope my parents wouldn't have <laughs> given me a phone if that were existed um but you'll find a lot of accounts and a lot of people on there that can be a really great source of support i i say this with a grain of salt because we've talked a lot about how just like anything on social media you might be only seeing the like positive the parts the positive parts and the rosy colored um you know wonderful oh look at my perfect um, blood sugars and this is my a1c and that's not always um helpful or supportive or what you might need in that moment so if something is no longer sparking joy for you or inspiring you Mary Kondo that shit seriously if there, it's not I think I read somewhere if it's not educating you inspiring you or making you smile
0: unfollow and I'm about to go clean out my Instagram.
1: Clean out everything. Like, really, it should be something adding something to your life. So if it's an account that's making you feel like, oh, my God, I'll never be like this, or I'll never have it all together, or, I'll never eat healthy like this person does, you don't need to follow them. There's no, like, rules, you know? So you do you. Follow what supports you and helps you in this time, not something that's giving you anxiety. That's Instagram. And then one of my favorite resources, I've never talked about it on here, I don't think, but for research and education and things like that, it's called Diatribe. <coughs> Excuse me, allergy season. Um, it's <laughs> called Diatribe.org. D-I-A-T-R-I-B-E I want to say. I hope I got that right. But I love them because they kind of... Up, it's um, They do like a newsletter once a month or once every two weeks um, via email. But their website is great because I find it so educational. And they're literally just like research, always posting research updates about whatever human trials are going on um, in terms of new technology or cure research. They have... I remember even when I was looking for an insulin pump, they have... Kind of like compare and contrast all the pumps um, that are on the market, so you can really get a sense. And they—they're honest reviews. They're not being paid by anyone. They try out all the newest technology and report honestly and what they what their feelings are. And they're they're always the first place I turn to for you know some sort of research update. So I love Diet Tribe if you're kind of a science-y nerd and want to know what's going on, or just need help figuring out like what's available to me and which one do I pick. I think they're a good place to start.
0: Guys, I didn't even know about this. Can we oh my discuss? God. Teaching five years later, still looking to my my uh, my older sister pal to a. Uh, to guide the way. Also, P.S., I guess I called you my older sister in a previous episode, and my older sister texted me. She's like, offended. And she was like, what the hell, Emily? <laughs> and I was like, but you don't have diabetes. And she was like, what the hell, Emily? <laughs> that's that's what I told her. And she's, anyways, Liz, if you're listening, I love you, and you're my one and only older sister. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that that basically sums up most of our go-to places um I think the biggest takeaway is and I know this is cliche Mm -hmm. and I say this every episode and so does Miriam but just take a deep breath and I know when I'm super wound up the last thing I want is someone telling me to take a deep breath because it makes me angry but inhale deeply (laughs) (laughs) and And my favorite is actually
1: breathe in for four seconds hold for seven hold you can hold for seven hold for every long one hold for seven and then exhale for four seconds so it's
0: like oh my god I, w- I was taught four, one, seven, eight. Two, three, and then four,
1: seven, eight I like that ratio if that works
0: it's something that I remember being little and in therapy and they were like don't have a panic attack here <laughs> and I'd be like okay four, seven, seven eight. eight
1: but it's really about holding it because I think yeah. that's where if you're just taking deep breaths in and out you can, that can also turn into like hyperventilating in some sense it's more about like the whole like
0: slowly inhaling slowly exhaling um but yeah, yeah. That's breathing. Know that you've taken your more than first step in mm-hmm. getting ti- the first step is being diagnosed. <laughs> and if you made it to the yeah. podcast, like bravo. Yeah. You made so, it farther than I did. I mean further than any any of us uh new age kids before the newfangled mm-hmm. podcasts came out. Um I'm really not old. I just we didn't have podcasts. Anyways. I wasn't listening to them. Mm -hmm. But it's important to know that it gets better. It gets easier. I'm not saying that there aren't still hard days because I'm not going to fake it to you. There's Mm -hmm. still hard times, but there's so many hard times in life and so many great times and Mm -hmm. just like anything else in the world it's in anyone's life it's important Mm -hmm. to see the good and the bad and remember that with the bad comes the good so Mm -hmm. you've made it this far we're proud of you You we're your pals in crime here and um, pals and insulin yeah and it's uh it's honestly we're truly blessed to have the community and to have each other and feel free to slide into our dms if you need a positive message -hmm. we're not saying that we can do therapy because Miriam actually is a therapist and charges for those things because that's her livelihood but we are saying we can be a listening ear and send positive emojis and
1: hopefully point you in the right direction if needed
0: and never be afraid to reach out to a pal when in need Um, check out our instagram at pancreas underscore pals check out our facebook at pancreas pals pp (laughs) slide into it's always my favorite part of the episode oh she just keeps going yeah Uh, you're just going to keep slipping and sliding into our email which is pals 123 at gmail.com if you find that a DM does not suffice um, we are just one click away and uh, thanks for being a pal thanks for being a pal uh, check bleh, after all that that's when I mess <laughs> up check I I can't speak anymore Miriam check out our finale our final uh, episode yeah. coming to you soon um, of season 5 we're going to look back at it, reflect on Miriam's first ever full season as the I co-host. Oh my God, um, right. So if you have any messages, any questions, any final words you'd like to say on season five, let us know. Also, please let us know who you'd like to hear on season six. We already have an exciting cast of uh, characters. characters lined up uh-huh. for you. Um, definitely ragtag group of kids, uh, which I think is the entirety of people with type one because we're all... All different types of life, you know, because you. Um, you know we're all connected through our faulty pancreas. Anyways, help me, help myself. So come back soon. Um, stay, stay cool. We still never you found can't. you. I was gonna say earlier, you said a little
1: sign off that sounded really nice. I think you said, "Thanks for being a pal."
0: Let's do it. I like that. All right, right. That'll be our sign off. Okay. Just say the Yeah. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for, for being, being a pal. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Have a good week.